Hello, you are welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel for yet another powerful, sobering, and inspiring word from God. Grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick Kaluluma from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. So let me explain to you why this song has been on my heart the whole day. They're going to give us the bass as well, right? Dum. Dum, 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 dum. I had a very interesting dream this morning. Very interesting dream. Um, in my dream, I was, I was interacting with people. And I noticed one of them had a glitch. You know what I mean by a glitch? Have you ever played video games? Not that I ever played them in my life. Like, let's say if one character is malfunctioning, it can be somewhat of a glitch. Or your phones. Sure, back in the days, remember when phones used to have viruses? You don't remember those days? when people would make money out of flashing your phones. Especially those flip phones. You remember when you'd have a glitch in the system, right? Well, back in the day when computers had viruses, I don't know if they still do. Say Windows XP. So in my dream, somebody had a glitch. And as I was watching through the dream, someone began explaining it to me in the dream. And you will laugh, but they asked me if I'd ever watched a certain movie, which I've never watched. There's a movie that's called The Matrix. How many of you have watched it? Can you imagine it passed me? Never watched it. So I woke up in the morning and I was asking my wife, have you ever watched The Matrix? And so she watched it. What's funny about that? <laughs> and so I started explaining to her the philosophy behind it. And I think her, her simple response was, okay, living with you is interesting. So I was explaining, the, I thought I've never watched it. Then I was explaining, the, I don't even know who acted in it. But I was explaining the philosophy behind it. And the philosophy is... Uh, it's actually a philosophy being debated right now that perhaps we are all just in supercomputer and we're all acting out simulations. And people still, people actually are proposing that, that maybe there's like this, like we're just being played on a game or something, or there are simulations and all that kind of stuff. You know, seeing the glory of God there. Because if you've played, maybe somebody's about to get saved through this revelation. So let me tell you. If you've played some of the latest games or something, you'll notice that you can choose your own faith. 
There are instructions that are given for whatever you make, but you can actually choose how it ends. God even tells us, I've set before you life and death. He even tells you what to choose. Choose life. And why do you think people come up with such theories, such concepts? It's very simple. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 11. The thought that just came to me, you know. Notice all theories that they come up with. We have it. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he's put eternity in their hearts. Men have this sense of eternity in their hearts. They have this longing for eternity. So that's what, so what do they do? They express it in ways, but they don't know. That's what it is put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to end. They are clueless. There is eternity in their hearts, but they are clueless about it. So you know what they'll do? They will express it by writing a fairy tale. And they'll always end the fairy tale with eternity. And they lived happily ever after. So what would they do? They will express it by writing about a fairly good mother who will come and has got these supernatural powers that are just longing for the Holy Spirit. So what would they do? They will create superhero movies. There is something they are longing for. And sometimes the hero would die to save everybody else. There is eternity that has been placed in the hearts of men. And you know what? Some of their theories have got like... There is something they are pointing to. And for us, we know. Do you know why for them it comes out as theories? Didn't Jesus tell us? Didn't he say, I speak to them in parables? Because to them it's not been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But to you it's been given. Then he says, but blessed are your eyes for they see. And your ears for they hear. We can see right through it. We can see right through it. So I was just blessed. Mm. And I began to sing to the Lord. I love to sing this song because it, it's got a lot of eternity behind it. Do you mind if we sing it? You mind? Chisungu. <laughs> Use uh, C chords, eh? Okay, wonderful. Yes, it's okay. Praise God.
Jesus. Just lift your hands for a moment. Jesus. We acknowledge your holiness in this place. Jesus. Just for a moment, just lift your hands. Jesus. 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 And hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's begin. Tintiambe. You know, this is when it has just hit the combination of what I dreamt and the way I've started today. Somebody would think, Abusa, I think. Aliens. What do you think of? Don't lift your hand, by the way. You know, it happened in Kitwe. I was preaching. And so you know how I like to start with, what comes to your mind when I say the word? Someone lifted up their hand, stood up, and explained. <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> answer in your heart. So, what comes to your mind when I say aliens? Aliens. 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 For a long time, human beings have been fascinated with aliens. Have you noticed? And there are some who even believe there are some among us. You know that, right? I'm talking about professors. Aliens. Now, one thinks about the concept of aliens. About another race probably a superior one from another planet right I don't know why they always look green in the movies or blue but usually it's another race from another planet and 
perhaps having technology that we don't have. And with that technology, either conquering us or assisting us, one of the two. That's what comes into most people's minds when they think about aliens. People from another world, probably more superior. Perhaps possessing technology we don't have. And why on earth would they come to this planet if not to dominate or to help? Aliens. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13. In the book of Hebrews, we find a certain kind of people who were different from the people around. Because these guys did superior things. And these guys had one superpower called faith. And there are some peculiar things they managed to do. They were not like everybody else. And so in the book of Hebrews, others call it the faith. And we've been shown these people, what they achieved. They tell us about Abraham. They tell us about Isaac. They tell us about, you know, all these people and the things that they managed to achieve. And I want you to follow me because I'm taking you on a journey. Verse 13. These, all those people being mentioned, they all died in faith. Not having received the promises. So meaning everything that we read in the old was but a sign and a wonder. Because signs point you somewhere. Signs give you directions that you're on the right track. But they didn't actually reach the destination yet. But having seen them afar off, we're assured of them. Embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. The word used for strangers there is translated foreigners and is also translated aliens. When they saw these promises from afar, they were convinced that on earth, them they were aliens and they were pilgrims. The word pilgrims refers to people who are on a journey. They've got somewhere they're trying to get to. Let's continue. Verse 14. 
For those who say such things, those who say things like, I'm an alien, or I'm a pilgrim, those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. Next verse. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come from, they would have opportunity to return. What, 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 is, what is he saying there? He's saying these people, they openly called themselves aliens. They openly called themselves strangers. They called themselves pilgrims. Meaning they were, there is a homeland they were seeking. And what they're saying is if that homeland was the place that they had initially come from, then they would have just had an opportunity to return. One of those people was Abraham. Abraham was called out of his land, but would call himself a pilgrim. And he was looking for his homeland. It wasn't that place he was called from. I hope you're following me so far. Let's go on. But now, we are still talking about them, by the way. We're not changing our time. They desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. So these guys were aliens. And they would say, we are looking... There was this connection with the mothership. You know, there was this connection with the homeland. There was this desire for the homeland. And they could see it from afar. And because of that, God was not ashamed to be called their God. Because he prepared a city for them. <laughs> let's continue. Next verse. Actually, let's, let, let, we'll go a bit earlier. I want us to understand this. These people desired something bigger than the earth could give them. They were strangers, which is foreigners and aliens. They were pilgrims, which is people on a journey. And even our father in the faith, Abraham, was the same. Abraham, Hebrews 11 verse 8. How many of you know Abraham was a very rich man? How many of you know that? Can I show you from the scriptures that Abraham was actually very wealthy? Just in case we think the blessing was just uh, spiritual. Somebody say glory. The guy was quite wealthy, actually. How many of you remember that uh, song from Sunday school? Father Abraham. <laughs> I am one of them. Wait, did you just say right hand? Genesis 13 verse 2. Genesis 13 verse 2. We'll come back to Hebrews 11 8. I just want us to see the mindset of Abraham. So Genesis 13 2. Abraham, this is before he even became Abraham, was very rich 
in livestock, in silver, and in gold. Genesis 26. Genesis 26. Let's read from verse, uh, let's start from verse 12. Genesis 26 from verse 12. Now this is talking about Isaac, his son, right? Who sowed in that land and reaped in the same year hundredfold. I think let's go to Genesis 25. I, I just want us to see a certain mindset that Father Abraham had, which we should have as well. I'm saying this because I don't want this sermon to become an excuse for you not to work hard. Like, exhaust the earth. Praise God. Genesis 25, we are told something about Abraham. The man was a man who lived a full Verse 8. Genesis 25, verse 8. If you read earlier, it says he gave all he had to Isaac. He had a lot. So 25, verse 8. Is that projection going to be handled? Or is it, what's the issue? I'm, I'm just concerned, really. Then Abram breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man full of years and was gathered to his people. He was full of life, full of years. And he was a rich man, if you read from chapter 13. Also, you can tell from the next chapter that Isaac was wealthy and he had inherited a lot from Abraham. But I want you to realize something. Despite all this wealth that he possessed, Abraham was never satisfied with the earth. He never allowed it to satisfy him. And I want you to see from Genesis, from uh, Hebrews 11, verse 8. We're building. Somebody said, we're building. Hebrews 11, verse 8. I'll read it. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he could receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. Listen to this. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Why? Verse 10. For he waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham lived on earth as an alien. He was waiting for something bigger. He was waiting for something bigger. And I want you to understand that all these people who are mentioned did not get to have some of the opportunities that we have now. And you can tell when you go to the very end of Hebrews 11, verse 39. I want us just to see this. Please follow me. Tell me you're following. Verse 39. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Why? Verse 40. God having provided something better for us. That they should not be made perfect apart from us. They never got to reach there. Because they were waiting for us. 
If you keep reading from Hebrews 11 and go to chapter 12, you will see that we have come. And it even tells us we've even come to these same people, to spirits of just men made perfect. What am I trying to say? These men lived as aliens. That's why they possessed supernatural technologies. Technologies that could make them sow seed in a famine and reap a hundredfold. I don't know if you're getting my point. Technologies that could cure leprosy. Technologies that could make an axe float. Technologies that could make lions not feel like eating. They could befriend lions. Technologies that could hear what the king talks about in his bedroom. They could make rain stop. They could make rain start. And yet the Bible says they didn't reach. That was but a glimpse. Because God was wait, they were waiting for us. That they should not be made perfect apart from us. So what am I trying to say? Through the years, those who had faith were believing for a heavenly country. They were believing for a heavenly kingdom. They, they were on earth, but they, they could just feel there's something bigger than me. There's something greater. There's someone bigger. There's someone greater. There's someone I submit to who's bigger. Someone I submit to who's greater. And you notice that in every culture, if you had to go to the very origins, there's, that, there's just that belief. I've never studied a culture that is predominantly atheist. That's modern. They always believe there's just something bigger, something greater. And for many of them, they believe the way to get to it is through death. And they are right. I've been crucified with Christ. <laughs> Listen. Men of faith walked on earth waiting, waiting. And interestingly, many of them died. And by the time they were dying, they had not yet received the promise. The prophets longed to look into these things. But they had not yet received. They had not yet come into contact with it. Then one day, a certain man starts preaching. And he preached a message that shocked them. He preached a message that amazed them. It appealed to something. Because you see, these people already had eternity in their hearts. It appealed to a side of them that no one had ever appealed to. And you see it in Matthew 3 too. He preaches a message one day. And he says, from that time, Matthew 3 verse 2. John the Baptist begins to preach. And in preaching, he says something interesting. Verse 2, please. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Wait, I want you to imagine that. All along, you've heard, you've read the stories. Then there's been 400 years of silence. But you know there's a heavenly country. You know this earth is not enough. And suddenly this man starts preaching. 
and in his preaching, he's telling you to repent. And then his reason for telling you to repent, he didn't say repent so that you can live a good lifestyle. It's beyond lifestyle. Christianity is not a, it's not a behavior change program. It's not a behavior change program. That's for the NGOs. It's not merely about the moral good and this, this, is No, no, no. He tells them to repent. And the reason for their repentance was, look guys, there is a kingdom that's near. And this is the kingdom of heaven. And he says it's at hand. Meaning it's near. Like it's, it's as in those guys saw it from afar. But then he's saying, look, it's, it's right there. It's, it's, it's nearby. It's at hand. It's at hand. It's at hand. What do you think that message did to men? I can tell you what it did to me because it still does that to me today. He tells them there is a kingdom that's at hand, that is the kingdom of heaven. And he starts baptizing people in water. And he's baptizing them. And in that moment, the senior alien was already on earth. The chief. The word had already become flesh. He could sense it. And this guy was sensitive, even in the womb. <laughs> when Mary came carrying foreign blood, that, bl that blood was not the blood of a man. That blood, because no man had slept with Mary. Mary comes in. The guy was filled with the spirit of God in the belly. So this guy... <laughs> That level of sensitivity. The guy said, Prophet. <laughs> you know, there's that little boy who, I don't know if he was rapping, and I think he was saying he started rapping. Uh, John the Baptist could say that. Nambo Chita prophesy. Hey! Somebody say glory. Are you following me? And so he was telling them to repent. Repentance had a purpose. Repentance was not for nothing. It's because there was a kingdom coming. And in verse 13, in verse 13, verse 13, I want you to notice, Jesus comes from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. He had lived 30 years on earth. And at this point, he had even, there are some people who had even ordered pupits from him because he had worked as a carpenter. Not knowing that this guy. And then Jesus comes to be baptized. Give me the next verse. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you're coming to me. This sensitivity. Next verse. But Jesus answered, permit it to be so for now. Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Uh -huh. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up from immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened. No keyboard for now. The heavens were opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. 
Imagine the heavens opened and there was light from heaven coming down. And it was so clear. And there's a voice that spoke. That voice spoke saying, this one is not of the earth. There's a difference with this one. There's a place it comes from. Let's go on. Suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Chapter 4. Jesus gets tempted by Satan. And in verse 17, I want us to see this. Chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Ladies and gentlemen, Somebody praise the Lord. I know we've read some of these scriptures before. But I want us to come to an understanding. That firstly, what he was giving us was good news. But that good news was about something. Look at Luke chapter 4. I'm just building us from somewhere. And verse 43. Jesus said to them, this is Jesus speaking, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because it's for this purpose that I've been sent. What was Jesus' message? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. It's an invitation to a kingdom. Someone would say, no, apostle, he preached about being born again, being born again. No, 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 no. That's not what he preached about. Do you know how he even introduced the concept of being born again? Look at John 3, verse 1. Look at John 3 from verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. I like the initiative. This man came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God. You're not of us. This guy is superior. How did they know? How did they know Jesus was from God? For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Is somebody seeing the connection? They recognize this one is not like us. They were all teaching. They were, he was, this guy was a rabbi. But then he noticed that this other person when he shares, there were signs. There was an authority he carried. He could tell a demon, go, and it goes. He could tell a sickness, go, and it goes. So these guys recognized. So privately goes to him, look, guys, <laughs> I know you. Just tell us a secret. You're not one of us, are you? <laughs> and then look at the next verse. Jesus said to him, most assuredly, look at, how he, look at the context he changes it to. I say unto you, Unless one is born again, what's the point of being born again? He cannot see the kingdom of God. That's the point. In short, yes, I'm from another kingdom, but you need to be born into it. It's not one that you enter by affiliation. 
It's not one that you enter by signing a form. You literally have to be born into that kingdom. The guy answered saying, ah. <laughs> How can a man be born when he's old? Like, it's not like I have that opportunity again. Look, I'm old now. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? From Jesus' response, you can tell he's trying to tell him, look, you've been teaching these scriptures all along and yet you've never understood them. Because in the next verse he says, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Next verse. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Uh-huh. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Uh-huh. The wind blows where it wishes. <laughs> and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who's born of the spirit. They are different. These ones are aliens. You cannot understand them. They're a mystery. Next verse. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Let's continue. And Jesus said, are you the teacher of Israel? And you do not know these things. In short, it's always been pointing to a different homeland. It's always been pointing that we're from a kingdom. It's always been pointing to a heavenly country. That's what Abraham was longing for. That's what Abraham saw on that day when a ram was killed instead of Isaac. It's always been pointing there. That's what David would write about in the Psalms. That's why he wrote, Who is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you take notice of him. For you have made him a little lower than Elohim. Who is he? It was all pointing there. And so he begins to explain to him. Uh -huh. Let's go on. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we've seen. And you do not receive our witness. We're building somewhere. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Wait there. Wait there. I've heard people say, the problem is that I've heard people argue saying, you guys speak in tongues. Who told you Jesus used to? And you know, um, there are some theologians who've identified certain scriptures where they believe he spoke in a tongue. But even if that wasn't the case, how are they going to understand anything? He clearly showed us here that he, he definitely would try to explain using earthly things. But then there are also heavenly things which might not even have an earthly parallel. There are heavenly languages. They are heavenly. He can teach you through heavenly means. <laughs> so he tells him, look, I'm trying to use earthly concepts to explain this thing to you. And you're not getting it. How much more if I go to the heavenly way? Let's go on. No one has ascended to heaven. But he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. Uh-huh. And as Moses lifted up the serpent, he's showing him the same things you've been teaching. He says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Uh-huh, next verse. 
that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The word there for eternal life is Zoe. You know what Zoe means? It means life over and 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 over. You know, usually when we read eternal life, we think it means a life which is long. It's not necessary. It's the context. It's not necessarily longevity. Because Satan has been there for a while. That day means he has eternal life. Okay? The context is not that. That's just a product of it. It's, a, it's like it's living forever is it's an attribute of it. It's literally, it's a higher life. It's, it's not the life that Solomon said life is vanity. No. It's, it's, it's not this breath, this oxygen that we, that we breathe in. It's the life of God, literally. The life... Can you imagine what life is in God? That he breathed on man and we became living beings. Do you know what life is in God? That there will be a day he won't even say a word. He'll just tell uh, angel, blow a trumpet. When that angel blows a trumpet, people who've been dead for hundreds of years, bodies will just start resurrecting from the ground. Hey, they'll just start, imagine that particles, if the particles were out, they'll just start coming together. All of them, I'm telling you. And they'll be woken up. Graves will be emptied that day. Hey. And we'll meet them in the air. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. <laughs> and then he says, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And then he gives the explanation of it. You see that all this he was talking about the kingdom. And here is the explanation. The explanation is in verse 16. For God. All this is happening. When you see the word for in the scriptures, it means because. So all this is happening. The reason why you've got an opportunity to enter the kingdom by the very son of God having to go on the cross and be crucified is for one simple reason. The reason is because God loved the world. He looked at it and he loved it. Remember, his delight is in the sons of men. And he loved it so much that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal everlasting life. And then the next verse also explains it. You see, when reading the Bible, you shouldn't just read one verse. We've literally just read the Bible. The next verse explains it. It says, because God did not send his son. Look, remember what I said earlier on, that if we had a superior race coming on earth, it could be for two reasons. Either they've come to destroy us, or they've come to improve us. And so here is the world, and the world is covered in sin. And God has every right to just send one atomic bomb and just clear the whole earth. But then guess what? He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Imagine that. But that the world through him may be saved. And there's something that happens when you're saved. There's a kingdom that you're introduced to. There's a kingdom that you're born into. And you know, as children become of age, one of the biggest things you have to do is tell them, 
about their heritage. You have to tell them who they are. You tell them their name. You tell them their son name. You tell them what country they are from. You tell them how to live in that country. And over the next few weeks, here's what we're going to discuss. We'll talk about the kingdom of heaven. We'll talk about the kingdom of God. One may ask, is there a difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God? One may ask, what really is the kingdom of heaven? What is it like? What is it about? And read the parables of Jesus. What were the parables of Jesus meaning? The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who owned a vineyard. The kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, have you noticed he was always sharing that? In the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And you observe that in his teachings of the kingdom of heaven, he explains a bit of the origin of the kingdom. God is the alpha. But mainly, he focuses on the expansion of the kingdom. And then he also focuses on the culmination to the coming age. You'll notice that. But then there's another context he uses when he explains the kingdom of God. That's why you hear terms like the kingdom of God is within you. So I, I really want us to come to a place where we understand. Because this is something we ought to understand. After all, in prayer, in the format for prayer, he tells us that our faith in prayer must be expressed to the place where we can say, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. All that means we must have a very, very good understanding about the kingdom. If you understand the kingdom, you understand the role of the Holy Spirit, for example. And this one we need to explain in detail. Because majority of us have been brought up in a democracy, and it's very different. You know what I can tell we've been brought up in democracy? Let me tell you a secret. Can you imagine sometimes we even try to choose who God uses? We try to vote for who God should forgive. Imagine sometimes we decide who's not good enough for God to forgive. In the kingdom. Hey. <laughs> So we're going to go into details. Why would we go into details? The Bible tells us that for some, it's not been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. For them, it will remain a parable. It will remain philosophies. It will remain movies. It will remain science fiction. But Matthew 13, verse 16, which has been my favorite verse this year, tells us, Blessed are your eyes for they see, and your ears for they hear. Why? For surely I say to you that many prophets, the Hebrews 11, many righteous men desired to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Blessed are your eyes. Blessed are your ears. Imagine where you will be by the time we're done. And as I was praying, I heard the Lord telling me that as we talk about the kingdom of God, we are going to experience a higher dimension of miracles than we've experienced before. And we've seen miracles. 
But there will be a whole new dimension of miracles. It's a supernatural kingdom. It's, a, it's not the earth. It's supernatural. It's bigger than we think. It's precious. It's precious. Kingdom of heaven is like a man seeking godly pearl. And when he found one, he sold everything that he had. Just so he could have the pearl. It's precious. It's one that needs you to be violent. And from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. There's a forcefulness for you to enter. There's a forcefulness for you to manifest it. It's precious. The kingdom of God is big. For the kingdom of God is, like, is likened unto a man who planted a mustard seed. But even though that seed is the smallest... It grows and then it becomes the biggest. It's miraculous. Didn't he tell us that the kingdom of heaven is like one who plants a seed in the ground and then he waters it, but he doesn't know how it grows. He doesn't understand how it grows. He just notices that from that seed, which is supposed to be dead, there's a blade and then this and then that and then that. That shows you it's self-sustaining. It doesn't need Uza to help push it. It's self-sustaining. Final verse for today. What do you think? Final verse? Can I give you, oh, can I give you one last verse? Is it First Peter 2.11? I'm not sure. I didn't write it down. I'm trying to use my memory. It's not the one. You'll never know. I can just turn it into the one. <laughs> it's the one. Hey! 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 NLT. Give me the NLT. Whoa! Mm. Give me a key. I'm allowing you to see it for yourself, then we'll read one. Give me the NIV. Hey! Hey! Give me a key, give me a key. Tulimbao sana. Hallelujah. To No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Hold on. What? Hold on. I said, hold on. Hold on. And we don't really say, my Lord, say, Mushiro. Because we don't. But then, you're, you're waiting to sing it one day. You're still waiting to get there. But we have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God and to the holy. <laughs> okay. Let's, let me not get weeks ahead. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. The ones that want you to conform to a world you don't belong to. Next verse. Why? 
live such good lives heavenly lives among pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong look at this they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us <laughs> meaning there are moments of visitation we are shown that there are moments of visitation and we are told live listen live a heavenly way you understand soon when we as we go on talking about the kingdom you understand why you must live a holy life praise God this morning I was having a mango for breakfast and I didn't eat it the way I usually eat it I won't tell you how I usually eat mangoes. and the reason why I didn't eat it the way I usually eat it is because I'd already dressed up and I was of the view that I wasn't looking so bad today I used a knife I cut carefully and I was eating like this <laughs> You know, I, the way I'm dressed, one drop of that mango juice, uh-uh, it would have messed up the entire outfit. And then the Bible tells us, live a life worthy of your calling. You know, like worthy of... Okay, so as you can see, I've given you snippets of how this series will go. But we are dealing with the kingdom of God. We are talking about the homeland. So fellow aliens, as we... <laughs> as I'm ending, can I ask you one question? Those movies you watch, what happens when the mothership wants to collect its people? So meaning, if around the world everyone was looking the same but some are aliens, the day the mothership comes, they'll just be shocked here. The Bible says, two shall be in a field, one will go. The Bible says, two shall be grinding in a mill, one gone, the other one still remains. Hey, that time is coming! I would like to ask if there is anyone who wants an opportunity to be born into this kingdom. Somebody who's tired of being a mere human, just conforming to the desires of the world. Maybe there are certain areas you've tried to change. We know the secret. There's a better life. There's a better lifestyle. But it's beyond the lifestyle. It's life. So if there's anyone who's saying, Apostle, I want to be a part of this kingdom. And how you know you're a part of this kingdom, you know the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. And you can tell by how you live. It's one of the ways you can tell. So if there's anyone who's saying, I want to be a part of this kingdom, I want you to raise your hand. I want to lead you to this place. Just raise your hand. I want you to say after me, okay? Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord. And from today, I'm born again into the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Keep your hands lifted. 
you understand soon how the kingdom is spread i'll explain that in the name of jesus be filled with the holy spirit be filled with the holy spirit the kingdom of god on earth is in the holy spirit righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit so be filled with the spirit of god May God give you the grace to speak the language of our kingdom. There it is. Kalabasan takayibis. Yeah, it's happening. Let's speak the blessing. In the name of Jesus, you're blessed. In the name of Jesus, the power of God is your portion. The kingdom of God is your inheritance. I declare you are walking in the manifestation of the security of heaven, of the economy of heaven, of the health of heaven. In Jesus' name, you're blessed. You're blessed. We may say the grace. We can say the grace. The amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the city of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.